10, 9, ignition sequence starts. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. That's one small step for man, one giant hop for out here having a pint. Welcome to Out Here Having a Pint. I'm your host, Kevin, in the house. And this is a special episode because I don't know if it's going to run a full hour, two hours, three hours, a half an hour. Who knows? What's happening right now? <laughs> I know. So, um, yeah, I am by myself right now. There is no Kelsey, no Kelly, no Brandon. They're here in spirit. No both. They're all here in spirit. Uh, indeed. Um, but I do have a special guest in the house. I have Curtis from Switchyard Brewing in the house. Hey, hey. Curtis, it's uh, nice to catch up. What have you been doing lately since, um, man, I remember. uh, So here, let me just tell the audience. Our last episode, we was at your brewery. And we we was hungry, man. We was drinking. We was hungry. We drank a lot. You brought so many beers. (laughs) I did. (laughs) And we had to eat. White Castle. You bought White Castle. Well, yeah, because I was starving, yeah. and it was like 10 o'clock at night. So, a little bit of repeat, even though it's earlier. We are day drinking, by the way. We are. So, I don't, I, I'm, I'm still trying to understand why in the world you you just drive around with your podcast set up. <laughs> I always Kevin's, say. <laughs> Kevin's got his mixer board here. We, he's got two mics. It's true. Uh, I mean, and he's just like, hey, you want to record a podcast? Yeah, I always have my podcast in the back of my SUV, just in case I have to go somewhere, <laughs> and Kelsey's like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, I am always ready. Does, uh, I'm equipped. Does Kelsey know you're day drinking? Um, she will know for sure. I, she probably saw my Instagram. Oh, boy. Every time I'm out and about having a beer, I always put it on my Instagram stories. That and OHAP, more of my own Instagram, but she'll see it. But what? It's like almost three. I think she's... It's Friday. She may it's be Friday. busy. She might have saw it and said, eh, who cares? Yeah, so, I mean, it's... And we're not even at the brewery right now. We are not. We're we're nowhere near Bloomington. No. Uh, yeah, people are like, oh, they're at Switchyard. We're even not at Switchyard. Switch Curtis, yard. where are we at? So we are at Gillespie's Cigar Woo! Lounge. Yeah! Yep, yep. This, this is a hidden gem, I got to tell you. So mm. Gillespie's opened one month ago. Um, they are one of those COVID startup stories where um, husband and wife team had the idea to open up uh, you know, they decided, you know what, we really want to open up something special. Um, hmm. And they decided to open up this cigar bar in Martinsville, Indiana. Martinsville, Martinsville. Yeah, I almost missed it because I saw the sign, but I didn't know what door to go into. So it's sort of like a speakeasy place where they have like a red door and it's just one door. You have to remember. No signage, really? No signage. You have to remember it is upstairs, right? So. You open this door, and if you see stairs that's going up, that's the place. So what's amazing to me about this place is, you know, and with Switchyard, we opened two years prior to the pandemic. I mean, all intensive purposes, you ask any scholar that studies small business, when you open a business, what's the riskiest time, right? The first three years. Sure. Well, the pandemic hit, yep. and we were in year two, right? Yeah. We weren't doing pizza. We weren't doing 
canning our, our sorry, we weren't canning our beer. We were literally just selling pints across the bar. Mm. These guys, these cats at Gillespie's, they decided right before the shutdown happened, hey, let's open a cigar bar. Yeah. And they started doing build out, had contractors going ready. Mm. All of a sudden, pandemic happens, contractors pull out everything. Oh, like, wow. But they still, you know, persisted yeah. and they succeeded. And here they are, 2022, just opened a month ago. Um, you know, they're serving great craft cocktails, great yeah. craft beer selection. Yeah, excellent craft beer. That's what uh, I was surprised about. I was meeting you just to hang out. I texted you. I was like, yeah. hey, I'm heading up to Martinsville. Yeah. I knew they served <laughs> beer here. I knew they served craft beer here, but I didn't know they have a, a intelligent selection of beer because it's not just one style on like four or five tabs. No, it's a little craft. It's yeah. a little import. Yeah, it's everything. Um, no domestics. I mean, you're not going to see the domestics here, yeah. you know, but they're featuring brands like Braxton, right? They, yeah. They've got uh, the garage from Braxton. They have 18th Street. Yep. You know, they've got a, um, they got Cedar Creek. Cedar they've Creek. They've got a good representation of Indiana craft beer here. They um, even have Brewdog. Woohoo! They have Brewdog. Yeah. Right? Um, and a great cigar selection. Um Ventilation here is really good, so you're not going to walk out of your smell like a cigar. That. I noticed that. Yep. I mean, to be fair, you may smell a little. It all depends on your clothes, really. So yeah. you may smell a little bit like a cigar, but it's not like you're going into Subway and you smell like that bread no matter <laughs> what you wear, right? Why is that? I, I Do you think that's know. part of their marketing? Like, they just, it's almost I like you go know. into a really nice hotel, like in Vegas. They have certain scents yeah. that are like, maybe it's actually not the bread. Maybe they're pumping in that smell. I don't know. You know, they got, um, I heard that it is not labeled. They can't label it as bread. It's, it's, their bread is now uh, titled as a pastry because it has so much sugar in it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> Take, yeah. So if you're watching your calories. Mm. Don't go to Subway. Yeah. Drink more craft beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No so um, we just happened to be here. And, yeah. you know, I invited Kevin and said, hey, let's go hang out. We haven't hung out in a little while. And, uh here we are. I like so, it. So there's no other crew. This is a one-on-one. Yeah. Just us talking about things. So when you walk up to this uh, cigar bar, you're going to go upstairs. You're going to see these leather couches, these leather seats. Um, it has nice... A lot of warm tones. You got yeah, the music in the brick. background. You've got the Sinatra. you got yeah. the Buble. Yeah. Yep. You got, like, it's... it's uh, you know, really well decorated. You um, got a room in there with a bunch of cigars. I'm not an expert at cigars at all. I don't even smoke, but I appreciate it. Uh, that's what's that called? The humidor? Now, in if there? you're running for office and someone said, <laughs> Kevin, have you ever uh, smoked marijuana before? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I, 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 no, hate, I, I hate the politicians <laughs> that lie. You know, right? I hate the politicians <laughs> that lie. Recently, I was at an event and this politician got up and, you know, they were talking about legalizing marijuana in Indiana and... This politician goes, well, I've never smoked it before. I'm like, I'm calling bullshit yeah, no on doubt. that right now. That's true. Just tell the truth. That's true. Yeah, everybody's tried at least once. Like, you know? this isn't a Bill Clinton thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just, I mean, come yeah. on. Especially now that uh, more states are, like, legalizing it. Right. I think you it's a little bit more acceptable. Gummy. You haven't Sure. Like, whatever. Right. I yep. mean, I just want to wait to the day where someone asks me, like, sir, have you ever... Uh, bonged a beer before and I'd be like yeah I bonged a 7% beer yeah. and it was terrible right. it was terrible yeah is, yep. is that not how you're supposed to do that I mean as kids and you're young you're doing like a little bit of like <sighs> just you're experimenting with everything one time we did crack or so we've done oh, crack. crack one time we did crack <laughs> holy 
Holy shit! Shit! One time I did crack. I thought that's cool. No, never done crack. But one day, one time I did craft beer beer pong, and then we thought after we got a little drunk, we thought it was a good idea to do margarita beer pong. Let me tell you, kids, don't do that. It's not a good idea. Margarita beer pong. On the rocks, not frozen. Ooh, yeah, it's that's just not uh, a good idea. Yeah, that's intense. It's man. not a good idea. That's it. Yeah, this place is great. Um, I noticed the the ventilation right away because I imagine coming up here and I'm like, oh god, I'm going yeah. to a cigar bar and I'm probably gonna like it's gonna be smoky smoke. as hell. But it's not. The ventilation is no. great in here. I like this place. Um, it kind of reminds me of a, uh, you know, how Twenty One North is set up here in Martinsville yeah. in the Square. It's very. Um, a little bit of fancy, you know. So yeah, you feel it's a it's a good vibe in it's here a, for sure. It, it's a good place mm-hmm. to take the misses and yeah. have a nice evening, dude. I'm gonna come in here just to drink this excellent craft beer that they got on display, and that's the one of the reasons that's we wanted to do the podcast is like talk about the craft beer a little bit. But Curtis, man, I wanted to like really pin you down because we were gonna do a podcast at your brewery to talk about. Your thing. I have so many questions on this. Dude, this was a good segue. This is like you you, yeah. you, you timed this. I'm sitting here looking at the time code. <laughs> you timed your intro at exactly 10 mm-hmm. minutes. That's how you know this guy's a professional. There you go. He just segued so smoothly. Right. There, there it is. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we just started accepting Bitcoin in the tap oh, room. Oh, it's so. Holy oh. crypto. Holy crypto. shit. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been um, into the crypto thing for too long. I mean, you know, <sighs> listeners are either going to really love this or they're going to be like, yeah. what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. One of the two, right? Yeah. But I think what's important for people to realize, if, 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 you're on the pan- if you're on the camp where you're like, what the fuck are they talking about? Do you remember the first time you wrote your first check? Mm, like a no. paper check? No. Right, like they don't even teach that in school anymore. Yeah, I mean, I actually pulled some of our point of sale data before this podcast, and we um, we accepted three paper checks last year. Wow, at the brewery. So like, weird. who in the hell is walking up to the bar being like, "Can I get two uh, pints of West Coast and an order of breadsticks?" It seems so weird. Yeah, let me hold and on, hold on, let me, let hold me write, write the this check, check for you. Yeah, like, and and were they like, and and not to be, you know, mean, but were were they, were they ninety five? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, there are some people, and I think this is kind of cool. Some people, you know, go to the bank and they ask for $2 bills. And they, 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 either they tip or they give $2 bills. Or uh, some people, uh, you know, get the $1 gold coins. Oh, and that's yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like, confusing, though. I don't see those a lot. When I see someone, because when I work behind the bar at Seco, somebody did give me these, like, a uh, bunch of coins, like $10 worth yeah. of the, and I'm like, what are these? And I had to look at them just to see if they were legit. And yeah, okay. Yeah, screw it. I mean, yeah. if they're not, whatever, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, take them. yeah, so I think it's important for people to realize, like, what what is the U.S. dollar? Like, what actually secures the U.S. dollar? Mm. So back before 1970, like, 9, 2, I can't remember the exact date, but the U.S. dollar was secured using gold. Gold, yeah, for right? sure. Because mm-hmm. back in the pioneer days, right, if you wanted, I mean, we've all played Oregon Trail, right? Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to get, like, you know, food, you would trade it for gold or for, you know, sheepskin or whatever the hell you're trading. The thing about gold is, yeah, it's, it has value because it's limited resource. Um, The community accepts it as a standard form of valuation. 
However, it's difficult to split, right? Like, mm. you can't exactly transact with gold because I'm not going to go to the brewery and say, okay, well, it's going to be $7 for this pint. Hold on, let me scrape off a few ounces of gold for right, you. Right, yeah. Like, so in order for something to be currency, it's that's the big Is thing. that an option, though? No. Okay. <laughs> it's not. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. all right. So in order for you know, something to be like, that's really the key for something to be considered currency or valuable. It's got to be easily divisible. Mm. Right. So gold doesn't really fit the bill. No pun intended there. Mm. But uh, what's important to note is that around the seventies, inflation was increasing so fast that gold, the value of gold and the, and, 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 and the amount of gold that was readily available in the world quickly outpaced um uh, or sorry, the supply was quickly outpaced, right? So basically, the government said, all right, the U.S. dollar has been backed up on gold this entire time. We're going to stop doing that. So that's when it became fiat money. So yeah. when I say fiat, what I actually mean by that is that's currency, right? That's the U.S. dollar. That's pounds. That's, you know, whatever the hell Canada is using nowadays. Right. Like that, yeah. That's what fiat currency is. It's traditional currency. The, the reason why our U.S. dollar is worth what it is is because of our country's strength. It's because of the military strength. It's because a government entity says it's worth what it is. Simple as that. As inflation increases, as risks of you know war and all these things happen, that devalues the dollar. So mm. to put this into very simple sense, if I were to put $1,000 under my pillow today and 10 years from now, that $1,000 would not be worth $1,000. Really? No. It, I mean, think about it. Uh, if you were to put a gallon of gas, if, if a gallon of gas was currency, which it kind of is, mm -hmm. a gallon of gas 10 years ago was not $4.25 like it is today. Oh, sure. Right? Inflation causes prices to increase, but it also causes the value of the dollar to decrease. So cryptocurrency solves that problem. Um, certain cryptocurrencies does, like Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a limited amount. There cannot be any more ever made. Right. It is a definite amount. Yeah. With Bitcoin, because there's a definite amount, it becomes kind of inflation-proof in the sense that um, once it's there, it's there. And yeah, the price will fluctuate. It's very volatile. Um, one day, you know, Bitcoin may be worth 40000 but the next day it may be worth $50,000. Mm -hmm. um, it is a speculative investment. Um but what's really nice about Bitcoin is the fact that there's no intermediaries, right? Like, if I want to send Bitcoin to you for right. the beers we had today, mm -hmm. it would just go directly from me to you. Right. There's no middleman. Um, and the middleman is where we really start getting into trouble and why I feel this is the future of currency. And you're talking about, uh, like, credit card transaction fees. Yeah, like yeah. banks and things yeah. like that. Yep, yep, I mean, yep. Bitcoin literally just kind of gets rid of banks. Yeah. It really does. Um uh, so, for example, I pulled, you know, like I said, I pulled some data before we came on air. And um, last year, Switchyard paid, this is in 2021, we paid $44,390 in credit card transaction fees. Damn. Yeah. Uh, for the whole year? 44, for the whole year. You paid $44,000 yeah. in transaction fees? For the whole year. Whoa. That's, I didn't know that I mean, was that high. We. I would much rather give that salary to one of our staff Ooh, members or hire someone right, that new. That is another, right? like, yeah. I mean, and this is literally given to a company that does nothing more than just, I mean, it's it's all automated, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you if you pay $1,000 to Best Buy for a TV, 
do you think, do you really think that thousand dollars is leaving your bank account and like going to their bank account? No, it's all zeros and ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all it is. When the Fed prints money, they're not actually printing money. Like when we talk about the Feds adding more currency into the circulation, inflation, you know, inflation's rising. The Fed doesn't actually print money. All that they do is they go into an SQR, they go into an SQL server, and they type in a serial number and the valuation, and they hit enter. Like there's no actual real currency. Yeah. Um, it's all just kind of this figment of your imagination. Um, that blows my mind. That number for transaction fees. It's a lot. Really, just hit just like right now. I didn't. I didn't know it was that much for the entire year that you're paying, man. So what's nice about crypto then? So since we introduced cryptocurrency to the brewery, and I'll talk a little bit more about the technology that we're using later, but. What's amazing is is that a customer can come in just like normal, pay their bill, you know, or you know, start a tab, order drinks, they go to pay, they want to say, "Yeah, do you want to pay using crypto?" Yeah, sure. They scan a QR code on their phone, and what's great is there's there's becoming wide um, you know, there's apps that are widely accepting this, such as the Cash app. The Cash app now natively supports Bitcoin Lightning network. Oh wow. Um, what about Coinbase? I don't think Coinbase is uh, is doing it yet. Okay. Um, but you know, you got companies like PayPal that are integrating right. it. Yeah, that's true. Um, Apple, actually, a news article just got released a couple days ago saying that Apple is now they've hired someone from Cash App to um, look into actually like actually integrating Bitcoin into Apple Pay. Oh wow! So you can just take your phone and tap to yep. pay. Um, but what's where I'm getting at here is what's nice is if you come in and you pay. Your tab, you're literally the money's leaving your account and going straight to switch yards. There's yeah. no transaction fee. There's no intermediary. It's just straight. Yeah. And um, leaving that middleman out of it is really. Uh, I, I mean, I think craft beer within itself is a bunch of people that just kind of say "fuck the man," right? Like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's you're, very you're much right. craft beer. Yeah, because they don't want to drink domestics. Rebels. I think that's how it started. You know, screw the domestics. Yeah. I can make a better beer, and I can probably well, add this the, and that and this and that. We're kind of doing yeah. the same with you know, with uh, payment processing. Yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, it's we've been doing it for about three weeks now. We've had uh, a few transactions, you know, totaling to about 150 bucks. It's not a whole yeah. lot. I mean, we never expected this to be like wide adapted right. technology, but our strategy for this is we are still so early into the game. Yeah, I think you're the only one that I know in the state. So we are the first sure in the state. To uh, do this. We're the first in the state to accept crypto via the tap room. I do think that um, 450 North was the first to accept it on their website for purchases. Really? Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. that yeah. 450 was. Uh, that, 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 that's what someone told me. So okay. I haven't verified that independently, okay. but. Um, I, you know, I don't want to take credit for being the first in the state. Sure. We're the first in the state to accept it in a tap room. Right, okay. You know, we're right at the bar. You can buy a beer with crypto. Damn. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been, um, it's, you know, it's been a learning curve to teach our staff about it, which actually, when we're teaching them about it, actually is kind of a lesson in personal finance. You know, we're, we're educating, uh, you know, our staff about uh, inflation, and we're educating them about you know, savings. And that's how we are strategizing for our crypto. Mm -hmm. If you think about like dial up internet, right? Yeah. You probably remember, I mean, some of the listeners may not, but like, if you remember, like I remember, so I lived in the country. I remember going to my buddy's house who had cable internet and I'm like, Oh yeah. man, this shit's the bomb. Like yeah. this is fast. 
you know, uh, it takes me like, you know, overnight I have to be on dial up to download it. Like the Incubus album on, on, <laughs> on, on, on Napster. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> but they were so far ahead of the curve. Right. That's kind of where we are with crypto, where we're really ahead of the curve. Like we're 10 years early. Yes. Yeah. I think in the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot of acceptance of this. Yeah. I feel like the people, we mentioned this earlier, it's sort of like when email came out, nobody really understood it. They yep. said, email's not going to be a thing. It's just a fad. Nobody's going to use it. And now if you look at today, I mean, email is the thing. Way more than just your regular mail that comes into your mailbox. So um, I think crypto is going to be the same way. A lot of people don't understand crypto right now, but crypto is not going to go anywhere. So and I, I'm think glad, I, I'm, I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. And my, I, I think this ex, the acceptance of this in craft beer, you're going to see that a lot more because we are willing to, like, craft breweries in general are willing to do the latest thing. We're willing yeah. to, you know, I mean, it doesn't hurt us. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it doesn't... Yeah, so that, that's my question. So, somebody buys a beer in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. where, where does that go? Does that go into like just little, you just like leave it there for the year? I mean, how's that, how do you work it on your back end now that so you de- have the Bitcoin? Yeah, so depending upon the merchant, they can do one of two things. You could either convert that immediately to fiat currency. So basically you're converting the Bitcoin at whatever it's trading for, for the US dollar at that point. We decided not to go that route because we're seeing this as a more long-term investment. We're seeing this as developing like a corporate treasury. We're seeing this as it gets placed onto a cold wallet, which basically is not connected to the internet. This is a device that holds our crypto. It's kept in a safe at the bank. Oh, gotcha. Um, you know, like like we have a safe deposit box. It's held, it's, it's held there. It's got private keys. So that way, even if someone stole it, they would have to have the private keys to unlock it. Um, it's kind of like a two-factor authentication sure. thing. Yeah. But our thought is keep it there. Keep it there for the next 10 years. Like, Because it's only going to go up. So supposedly, if somebody bought, I'm not like, a financial advisor, right? <laughs> but if somebody bought a pint, like say, how much? How much is your pints uh, on average? Six or seven bucks. Okay, say seven dollars, and they pay seven dollars for the Bitcoin in ten years. That seven dollars can realistically turn in maybe twenty bucks, Could right? Be. Yeah. Could be. So, yeah, totally. so on your end, um, you have the potential to make money, but also you also have that risk of also losing money at the same time as we well. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. I, I mean, yeah. ab- ab- absolutely. Which is why you know because we're so early to it, it's only so many transactions, right? This isn't, right. we're not, we're not only accepting crypto, right? Sure. Like this isn't, this isn't just, you know, the one thing, like we're not, we're not betting the house on it. Um, yeah. But it, it does allow us to tiptoe into it, to be the first. And with the technology we're using, it's called BTC pay server. And what BTC pay server does, we're not using a third party. Like there are third parties out there that integrate with point of sale, they still take a transaction fee. We wanted to be totally independent of all that. Oh, wow. So it right? doesn't have any, like, quote-unquote gas. No. That's what they call So the- basically, we, we've, we built our own server, which sits at the brewery, and this server holds the entire Bitcoin blockchain on it. Hmm. And it's a node amongst thousands of other nodes across the world that holds that blockchain on it, and we process our own transactions. We are our own bank. What's cool about that, though, is this is what gets me excited, is if other businesses wanted to accept crypto, because we've already done all the legwork, we've already done all the hard work, and we've partnered with great groups like the Indy, uh, like the Indianapolis Bitcoin Group, 
Um, a lot of the people in the Bitcoin community have all helped us get to where we are doing this because um, it's a really close-knit community, much like craft brewers. We're all a really close-knit community. Um, it's allowed us to be able to go to another business, let's say here at Gillespie's, if they wanted to start accepting crypto, it would literally take me 20 minutes to set up an account for them on our server, and they would be able to start accepting crypto immediately. Oh, wow. Within 20 minutes. And basically, because we are the payment processor, their transactions would flow through our node, get verified by the blockchain, and then they would go to their account. And we could add on a small processing fee if we wanted to. We're not, because we just want to support the community in it. It takes up very little power. Um, you know, that's one of the things I've heard recently from some um, critics online. They're saying, well, Bitcoin uses a ton of power. Like, you're not being environmentally <laughs> friendly. Well, that is true. Bitcoin, to, to mine a Bitcoin, does take an extraordinary amount of power. I mean, listen, I know a lot of people that leave the lights on all night long. So it's like, <laughs> come on now. It's like... Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, what we're actually doing, which this is getting a little technical, um, but... So Bitcoin um, is designed to only run like seven transactions a second, very slow, very slow, because it takes a lot of energy, a lot of power, and the fees are really high, like the gas fees, like you were talking about. Yeah. Seven transactions a second. Compare that to Visa, MasterCard, Discover. Right. Think about how much energy they're using. No doubt. They're, they're actually running like, like 100,000 transactions yeah. a second. It's nuts, right? So what we're doing is we're using Bitcoin um, layer two. So what layer two means, again, we're getting technical, I'm sorry, but if you imagine like one layer of like a foundation, that's the Bitcoin layer. Stack on top of that a second layer of Bitcoin. This is designed to process transactions much, much quicker. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's pretty much, I mean, it's it's to the level of Visa MasterCard Discover. Yeah. And it processes those transactions in, in milliseconds and the fees are basically non-existent. I'm talking a fraction of a penny yeah. is what it costs to transact. Um, compare that to the 2.7% or 30 cents per transaction. Yeah. I mean, you see where businesses right. could save a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. Man, I just think that people get confused. Like when they hear about Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining and they say, oh yeah, mining takes a, you know, a lot of, you know, energy and blah, blah, blah. I don't think they understand fully what Bitcoin mining is. It's just basically a bunch of computers that is using electricity to solve really difficult to equations. Solve, to solve equations. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of Bitcoin miners have probably about like 10, 20, 50 maybe computers at the same time. But well, it's the cost to cool those computers yeah, too because they yeah. generate a lot of energy. Right. Like they, they generate a lot of heat. Yeah. I mean, but think about this. When we were mining gold or still when we're mining silver or any other precious metal, how much energy is consumed right. or wasted you're when you're doing all, that? You're plugging all their equipment you've, into... You've got gasoline equipment. You've yeah, got the, or gas. the human yep. labor. You've yep. got... I mean, there's a lot of energy that goes into just mining sure. actual metal. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can... And let's, and let's face it. Say I have a mining farm, right? You think I want to pay thousands of dollars in electricity fees? I'm getting solar panels. A lot of people are like... So, that, that, that's yeah. actually a great point. So, yeah. we actually... Our, the reason why we decided to start doing this, um, me and my buddy, Michael McClung. Michael uh, is one of our very first employees. Actually, he is one of the very first employees. He was in the first hiring class at, at Switchyard. Um, he has now transitioned to where he's not behind the bar so much anymore. 
Um, he's an engineer by trade, and um, you know his kids same old as, or is is the same age as my kid Cora. So we hang out a lot all the time. And one night when him and I were sitting around drinking, um, he was like, "You think Switch Art would ever accept crypto?" And of course, me, I'm just like, "Yeah, sure, let's do it. Cool, you know." And what Michael will tell you is that um, people that are mining crypto they have to use some sort of natural right. energy because you're correct. The cost of power currently exceeds the cost that it is to actually mine one Bitcoin. Right. So it wouldn't even make you've sense. got to use right. sustainable energy to make money. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, think about this, like what about, you know, Amazon web services? What no about shit. Facebook? Like yeah. these massive data centers in North Carolina at four city, they have an Amazon server warehouse. And I'm pretty sure they're using way more. They're using a lot of energy. Yeah, way more energy. <laughs> now, granted, than a lot of those companies freaking mining. Yep, a lot of those companies, you know, have invested in good, you know, sustainable energy methods, right? Like wind, power, mm -hmm. solar, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but still, like, if you're browsing Facebook right now, right, you're using eh, you're using energy. Exactly, like, using energy. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of banks are using energy. Like when you swipe the credit card, well, that inter that that credit card goes to a server a, a, somewhere a server and then that whoever's working for the bank is doing their thing on the computer they're using that so i mean that's what yeah. people don't understand man it's just mm. but I man think, it's i think exciting. anytime something's new people there's always gonna be skeptics sure and that, i mean and that's totally well, it's okay scary because it, it the, the reason why people it, a lot the reason why you have critics is because people don't understand it it sounds confusing it doesn't sound like okay, this is not solid, like, you give me a dollar, I give you a dollar. We're talking about, you know, currency in the unknown. A lot of people don't understand crypto. I think you made a great leap into what could become the norm to tap room, not only tap rooms, but other businesses as well. We're already seeing crypto, uh, like, ATM machines where you right. can, like, convert it. So um, the government... Our United States government is talking about doing something with digital currency. They are. So, all right. So let's just—you mentioned this. Mm -hmm. You mentioned, you know, me giving you a dollar. People are mm -hmm. used to that, right? Mm -hmm. Let's look what's going on in Russia right now. It's a pretty good example of it. On July tenth, twenty twenty-one, the Russian ruble uh, to American state or to American states to the U.S. dollar mm. was. 0.013. Um, then they invaded Ukraine, you know, like dumbasses do. Yep. And now it's probably worth and nothing, And now it's right? worth 0. 0.0077. Yeah, like, so that's my point. Like, you want to talk about how volatile Bitcoin is, look at other fiat currencies around, sure. the, like around the world. Just look at US dollar. It, it goes, it changes too. Well, we can totally say that. I yeah. mean, you know... Um, I'm sitting here Googling as we speak, every but I'm actually kind of curious. Every time I hear the word ruble, though, I just imagine this red, like, stone <laughs> that ru ru that Russia is, like, trading off. You know, here's here's ten stones. What exactly. did I get? Did I get bread now? Yeah. I so, I mean, it's – I think anytime for the human brain, like, anytime we don't understand something, right. it is inherently scary. Mm. Right? Like – I mean, I, 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 I still think about, like, God, I'm trying, like, actually, a great example. What do you think 
Tesla does to overcome the human fear of a, of a, of a, of a, a self-driving cars, autonomous mm. driving. Right? How do you think their marketing department overcomes that human fear? Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, uh, Ford just did the same thing. The Ford F-150 Lightning, great example. Um, Ford, if you want to throw some sponsorship money to out here having a pint, yeah, I'm sure Kevin would love that. That's right. Yeah. So, Damn it, Ford, where are you? It, it's actually really interesting because the Ford F-150 has been the number one sold truck in America for a lot of years, and here Ford is. You know, they want to develop an electric truck, but they are talking to the marketing department saying, "How in the world are we going to get blue collar guys and ladies?" Mm-hmm. To purchase this truck, who I know. if you're blue collar, you're probably like you're all about the gasoline, the diesel, yeah. like the Duramaxes, whatever. How are you going to get them to buy this electric truck? I know how. Raise the gas prices to four twenty-five a gallon. <laughs> Holy shit! That's shit, exactly shit, how you're going to do it. I'm pretty so, sure they're paying hundred dollars right now yep. to fill their truck. So what they did was the engineers got together with the marketing department and they said, hey. What if we developed this truck to where you could pull it onto a job site, you could plug your tools into it, and you could power your job site off the truck? Or what if your house, let's say a thunderstorm comes through, Mm. you have no power. You literally can plug that truck into your house and power your entire house for like three days. Yeah, for sure. So that's how, it's utility, right? They, you have to be able to show the utility of it. And I think Bitcoin's very similar. You have to be able to show the utility of it. Yeah. So for small businesses, it's great, right? Because, and guess what? We're not the first. Like, come no. on, Starbucks has been accepting Bitcoin in yeah. test markets. You know, lots of online retailers are. Yeah. If Cuban can accept it for Dallas Mavs tickets mm. and stuff, like... That's that's you, true. You can buy it. If you can buy Tesla? Mavs... Tesla? Yeah, Tesla. At one point, it was... Kind of talking Dogecoin. Yeah. I'm, yep. I'm still waiting for that yep. to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, that's my point. Like, you you have to get you you have to get utility out of it. And I think that's where we are now, right? Like, it's still really early. You know, the literally, the week that we launched Bitcoin in our tap room, the Cash App announced that they were going to be natively supporting Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. And I was just like, oh, that could not have been more perfect because so many people use the Cash App. Yeah. I mean, PayPal is investing a ton of money yep. in purchasing Bitcoin. Why everybody's do you think that jumping, is? Everybody's right? jumping on board right now. Yep. You're getting, you know, JP Morgan Chase has purchased a ton of Bitcoin. Yep. Why? Right? Like, so, yeah, we're just really early into it. A yep. lot of people don't understand it, and that's fine. Yep. It's totally fine. We're set up. We're ready to roll, you know, mm-hmm. Um you know, and it doesn't, you know, people that want to connect to our node, they don't even have to be in the Bloomington community. They could be anywhere in the state. Hell, they could be anywhere in the nation. Um, and they just got to reach out to us. We actually, so Michael McClung, the gentleman I was just talking about, he stepped away from the bar. Um, and his role at the brewery now is he's, we literally titled him our chief crypto officer, mm. our CCO. Nice. Oh, yeah, so um, I saw that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. He, he is just so knowledgeable mm. about um, crypto and he's been studying it and, um, I mean, the guy knows 20 times more than I ever will. Um, and, uh, you know, so we named him as, as that. And uh, if anybody's interested in uh, looking more about crypto, uh, you know, if they want to start accepting crypto in their brewery or their business, they're welcome to reach out to us. We're happy to help them out. Yeah. Uh, they just got to send an email to crypto 
at switchyardbrewing.com. Oh, there it is. Simple as that. Yeah, you, you think about the crypto, it's not real, it's not far off from like, when I get paid, I don't get paid in cash. No, I get paid in direct deposit in my, it's, get, it's just numbers. You get paid in zeros and ones, man. It's zeros and ones. It's like the matrix. Zeros and ones. Yeah, it's zeros it's and like ones. It's like the matrix. Don't yep. look at the girl in the red dress. Yeah, like, exactly. That's yep. exactly what it is. Yeah, it's exact. Uh, yeah, because when I go and purchase, like say right now, I'm at uh, Gillespie's right now. I uh, just had some good craft beer here. I'm going to pay it on my credit card, which is zeros and ones. Zeros and ones, man. So, I mean, Bitcoin's just the alternative currency at this point and yep. um it's i don't think it's going anywhere that is i do a little bit of ethereum too can so you're just doing bitcoin right now you're not doing any other crypto at we're this not point? no okay. no um the back end setup um was hard enough for bitcoin so we're just yeah yeah you know maybe in the future we will i, don't, I, I think um, it'd be a little bit complicated i, I would stick with bitcoin that's, well, that's the gold of the of the crypto market anyway thank you for bringing that up mm-hmm. that's a great point because some people have asked me that they're like well how do you know that bitcoin's going to be the one that succeeds mm. Oh, good question, yeah. right? Do you remember back in the day when there was the HD div- the HD DVD and the Blu-ray DVD? Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? Or the beta and the um, VHS. Yep. Yep. So mm-hmm. two competing companies, two competing technologies that basically did the same thing, but Blu-ray beat out the competition yep. because they were the more widely accepted. Yep. Right? Everyone had it. Yeah. Um, Bitcoin's going to be the same way. Right. It's, it's literally following the exact same uh, footsteps. Yep. Right? Like, they are the one, they are the household name. I guarantee if, like, you walk into a bar and you ask 50 people if they'd ever heard of Bitcoin, you're probably going to get an 80% success rate. They may not right. be able to explain to you what it is. Right. They may not be able to ex- know what blockchain technology is. You know, they may not know, you know, but they're going to at least have heard of it. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that Will Smith smacked Chris Rock. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that yeah, he, he did thing. too, man. Yeah. Same thing. Oh man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But it's the same thing. Like, yeah, people's gonna know. Like everybody, when they come to my bar, if we get on the topic of crypto, everybody knows Bitcoin, but ninety percent of people don't really understand it. They're interested. They want to get into it. They want to hear about it. Yeah. But they don't understand it. But and that's fine. Yeah. We're still super early. Yeah, for sure. You know, and at the end of the day, let's like let's look at it on the other side. If this totally flops. What's the brewery? Yeah, now? who cares? Like, right. you know, we're out a few hundred bucks for setting up the server and my time, and yeah. you know, it's. Whatever. But I like how your brewery. It's no big deal. I like how your tap room, your your brewery in that tap room and all that. I like how your your trend setting, uh, trend setting. We are. Um, we you're are moving forward because crypto was not the only thing that you kind of did that would like change the aspect of what people are, you know, and people that are in business is looking at. Uh, their business as a whole. You also did no tips. Basically, you're the one. Yeah, I knew yeah, you were going to yeah, bring that up. Yeah, you're the one that it's, did like no the tips. The last time we did a podcast, mm-hmm. that we had not yet started this. So we were when we last were on the show, we were researching it and we were data collecting. I felt so strongly about it. It literally kept me up at night. Mm. I would wake up in the middle of the night with a thought, and I would get on my computer and I would start researching. And I did it all because I believe that it is my responsibility as the employer to take care of our staff and to pay them. It is not the customer's responsibility to pay Mm. my staff, period. Mm. It's not. And, you know, getting rid of tips in the tap room, honestly, is there are so many pros. 
to going tip-free culture. Mm. There's so little negatives. I mean, there are more negatives to accepting tips than there are uh, positives. You know, the negatives of just to blop some off. I mean, I'm just, it's in the top of my mind right now. Um, the accounting sucks, right? Worrying about legal minefields surrounding the tip credit and minimum wage laws and tip pooling laws. You get the competition from back of house to front of house, such as, oh, well, the kitchen's being tipped out 10%, but, oh, well, I'm in the kitchen. We worked our asses off tonight. You guys didn't really do a whole lot. Who does more work, back of house or front of house? Who gets paid more, you know, more money? You've probably, you've probably experienced this. Mm-hmm. Oh, the opener, why is the opener getting some of my tips when they yeah. barely had a customer, right? Right, right. right. Um, which then brings you into, well, tipped hours, sorry, um, non-tipped hours are rarely minimum wage. So, for example, if you're closing, there's no customers, takes two hours to close, non-tipped hours may not actually be the equivalent of tipped hours. Um, so you could run into some trouble there. Um, you know, I've heard from lots of places where I've worked where, you know, staff want to get out of there quick at closing because, oh, well, I'm not getting paid because I'm sure. not getting tipped. You know, it's like, well, you are getting paid. You're on the clock still. Um, but then, you know, just something as simple as, you know, rarely when a server receives a bad tip, it's rarely their fault. Mm. I mean, people in the that aren't in the people that are not in the industry may not realize this, but there are so many variables that go into your service experience, whether that's, you know, staffing in the kitchen or, you know, uh, whether the bartender made the drink right or whether the front of house is staffed appropriately. But at the end of the day, none of those things I just stated are the employee's fault. It's Mm -hmm. 100% the employer's fault. It's the employer's fault for not staffing adequately. It's 100% the server or the, uh, the employee's fault for not training, not the employee. It's 100% the employer's fault for not training adequately. Mm. It's 100% the employer's fault for not having good food quality. It's 100% the employer's fault for not having a good guest experience. It is not the employee's fault. Have you and ex- yet they're being, yeah, they're being punished. Have you experienced uh, your servers because they are making that solid um, wage? A an living hour. wage is a straight wage. Yeah. Are, are you seeing like customer service decline at all? Or Absolutely not. Okay. In fact, it's went up. It's oh, nice. that that was one of the biggest things we saw on social media. People mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, well, now people aren't going to give a damn because they're not mm-hmm. being tipped." Nope. Sure. Not at all. Yeah. Like we have a really high standard of service at our business to begin with, but um, our staff are just so happy because it doesn't matter whether they come in for an open shift, whether it's raining whether it's a slow Tuesday afternoon or if it's a busy Friday, they're, they know when they come into work, they're getting paid right. regardless. So when you initially uh, broke that out, what did your like Friday and Saturday uh, uh, servers say? I'm pretty sure they was like kind of scared at first maybe. Yeah. So, but- I mean, a couple of the, you know, a couple of the staff were like, well, I make all my money on Friday and Saturdays. Yeah. You know, I make really good money on Fridays and Saturdays. And yeah, you may make 30 bucks an hour on a Friday or Saturday, but do you remember how much you made on a Monday or Tuesday? Mm. So a lot of times people that are tipped have that gambler's mindset. And what I mean by that is you remember how much you made on that Friday. Or maybe, you know, if you're playing blackjack, you remember like five hands ago you made good money. But you forgot how much you lost yeah. in the four hands leading up to it. Um, and so what we did, you know, it all comes down to data. 
and I think any business that wants to get involved in doing this, if they are interested in a tip-free culture, um, I'm, I'm going to be giving a uh, seminar at the Craft Brewers Conference um, this year in May up in Minneapolis with a couple of other um, great um, craft beer leaders uh, from Surly Brewing Company in Minneapolis and also uh, Optimism Brewing Company in Seattle. And we're going to be doing a panel discussion specifically about businesses that want to convert to craft mm. or to a tip-free culture. Mm. Um, and I just, um, I encourage them to do the research. That's what you have to do. You have to do the research and communicate, communicate, communicate. You got to communicate it to your staff, communicate it to the, to the, uh, to the customers. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what we found was the average tip, um, in the two years leading up to when we decided to switch to this was around 23%. And so uh, it doesn't really take a mathematician to figure this out. Sure. You just increase your prices by about 23%. Uh, we increased ours by 25% for a margin of error. Um, so what that means is, so your $5 beer becomes a $6 beer. Mm. Your $6 beer becomes a $7 beer. You're probably are gonna be tipping a buck of beer anyways. So it's faster transactions, less legal minefields because you just literally pay what you pay. Um, there's better opportunities for upward mobility. So servers are, you know, if you're tipped, servers are less likely to become managers because, oh, now you're a manager and now you're no longer tipped. Your salary, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's opportunities for us to provide incentives for things like being tour trained or offsite event trained. You, you know, you have opportunities for that. Some customers have said to us, like, well, why don't you just do both? Why don't you pay a living wage and still allow yeah. tips? Well, the reason is, is from my perspective as a customer, if I'm paying $8 for a beer, do you really want to tip on top of that? Mm. Like, and it doesn't solve the bigger issue of harassment and misconduct. So mm. for an example, a, um, a server uh, that I know would have a customer that would come in and lay 10 $1 bills on the on the table. And if that server did not refill the water quickly, refill the beer quickly before it got to uh, less than half, if the ranch wasn't brought out with the wings, the customer would take a dollar away mm. for every single time. Yeah. Like in, in no other profession does the customer have that much power over your compensation. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, I've, I've ran, I actually have ran into someone like that. They will come in, they will tip me very nicely. But they always made remarks because they tipped me nicely yeah. that they expected some special treatment or if they didn't get treated exactly how they wanted to get treated, then they would mention, well, you know, I tip you nicely. Well, I and let's be real. Something. Like you're, you know, yeah, it kind of makes you're you feel a dude, like, right? Yeah. And so and it kind of makes you feel like, what the fuck? You I, know? I, I don't want my daughter growing up in a world where she has to sexually, um, where she has to sexually um, uh, put herself out there in order to make her ends meet, mm. right? Like yeah. um, that, you know, the old days of like, well, you know, if I unbutton my blouse a couple of buttons, then I'm gonna get paid more. Like that, mm. that's just, that, that, that's just dumb. Yeah. Like that's but, just dumb. But it's really a reality which sucks. Yeah. It kind of sucks, right? <laughs> Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, uh, actually, I'm, 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 I've had a few beers, so I'm not going to be able to quote this directly, but I do know that there is a study that, that actually showed that um, 
Well, and actually, we actually I can speak to this. We at SwitchArt did analyze this. So what we did was, we hid. You know, we when we did our study, we hid the names of the individuals, but we said, all right, this is a, um, you know, this is a white Asian American female. This is a, you know, a black um, young male. This is a mid 40s white female. This mm. is a mid 40s white male, and we looked at how yeah. much they made. Yeah. Um, the Asian American female made significantly less wow. than the white female. A white male made significantly less than a white female. Mm. African American made less than the white female. Wow. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, that alone, True. It, again, in no other industry. I mean, I know that, uh, you, know, you know, women are paid less than men, and that that's terrible. Like, we can all kind of agree on that, yeah. right? Like, um, well, the good side with the, the good side on that, you know, that I can say for sure, because I'm in the industry as well, is that these folks, no matter who works for you, can work and equally get paid without having um, to do anything extra or have people judge them. You know what I mean? Exactly. But however, but my last question on this, because we could probably talk about this all day, what do you say to the people that? maybe work, don't work full-time, but maybe work part-time, only maybe three days a week, four days a week, and they say, well, if I made tips, I can make a lot more, but now that I'm working uh, that straight um, uh, salary or that straight hourly pay, I might not make as much now. Well, I'll say these two things. I mean, for one, who wants to work every single Friday, Saturday night? People have lives. you got to yeah. have a good work-life balance, True. right? Who wants to, like, in order, like, for an employee to say, man, in order for me to make rent, I literally have to work every single Friday and Saturday. Mm. You're going to miss out on things like weddings. You're going to miss out on birthdays. You're going to miss out on a lot of family events. Um, the other thing that I would say is, so is they, that... So they could probably work a Tuesday and Wednesday or a Monday, could. Tuesday, and Wednesday and not feel like those are the shitty days. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And then the other side of it is, you know, a lot of restaurants struggle with work-life balance and they struggle with paid time off. Mm. I mean... If you're a tipped employee, how do you cash in vacation? How do you cash in paid time off? Uh, we offer, um, I think it's 32 hours uh, PTO to every staff member, whether you're full-time or part-time, right out of the gate, right? It may be less than that. It may be 24. I, I can't quote mm. that directly. But we do offer paid time off directly to our staff. So and, and, and we do that on purpose because we're in a college town. We hire a lot of college students, grad students. You know, your late 20s, early 30s is a time where a lot of stuff's happening. People are having babies, getting married, friends, you know, are moving away, graduations. You know, they need to be able to do those things. Yeah. They've got to have a work-life balance, and they should not have to worry about making their ends meet. Um, they, you know, have some PTO. And so, you know, for us, well, PTO is equivalent to what you have. Yeah. I think to summarize it up, I mean, really, I love this quote. This is from Gay Gilmore from, from Optimism, a brewing company. Gay says, better service does not result in better tips. Better tips do not result in better service. Poor tips do not correct poor service. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it couldn't be more true, right? Like, yeah, that's true. Better service does not result in better tips. Mm -hmm. Just because you give a customer 120% customer service does not guarantee they're going to tip you 20%. No, it's not guaranteed. It, it may happen. May happen. <laughs> it may happen. Um, better tips do not result in better service. Yeah, That's true. Exactly. And poor tips don't correct poor service, right? If you have a really bad experience, it's, it's more than likely 
the organization's fault, mm. not the employee's yeah. fault. Exactly. So. Damn, Curtis, we went almost an hour, so this is going to be a full Boom, podcast baby. episode, baby. It's a twofer. Bitcoin, a, no tipping. Yeah, Bitcoin, no tipping. Cigar bar. And c- yeah, cigar bar. So they have a, a wide variety of cigars. Uh, what did you have while you was in uh, here? Um, Do you remember the cigar you had? I don't remember the name of it, but it was Man. a Connecticut wrapper, uh. um, really light in body. Um, you know, I'm I'm a slow smoker. Like it, it, it took me a solid hour to smoke what probably should have been a 45-minute smoke. Um, but I just... You know, I'm a social uh, smoker when it comes to yeah. cigars. I'll have one and done. Yeah. Now, I know they do Cedar Creek beer. I wonder if they have Cedar Creek cigars in here. I, I saw them in the humidor. Do. Yeah, I think they yep. do. Yeah, they have a humidor back there. They sure do. Uh, pretty sweet. This place is pretty awesome, man. I, I do like the aesthetics of this place. Good vibe. And especially when it... Imagine this in the evening time. We're, I right know. Now, we're day drinking, but in the evening up at this pretty, like, chill... Gangsta place in here. Yeah. I know. Now, now we just need a couple Airbnbs downtown Martinsville so I don't have to drive back down to Bloomington. <laughs> well, I'm always here, so I can always drive you back, you know, down to Bloomington. <laughs> All right. So I think that is it for Out Here Having a Pint. I want to thank uh, Curtis from coming out and hang with me, day drinking, and then I decided to pull out some podcasts. Like, man, listen, let's talk about the crypto thing because a lot of people is curious. Every time they come into the Cinco Craft Beer Bar in Bloomington, we always had that conversation about yep. your, your crypto. Um, now, I know you're going to do other things. Uh, Councilman, trying uh, to go for that? Running for state representative to help change Indiana's alcohol laws. Okay. Oh, my God. We need another episode. We oh need another God. hour on that. That's going to be fun. <laughs> and then um, when we do that, I'll have the full team. You know, I have Kelsey in here as well. Got to get them back. Oh, yeah. All right. So that is it here on Out Here Having a Pint. Uh, guys, you have to come down here in Gillespie's in Martinsville, Indiana. They have a good craft beer here. Excellent selection. This is probably my favorite place in Martinsville as far as craft beer is concerned because I'm not a cigar uh, smoker, but I know a lot of people that's talked about this we'll place. We'll teach you yet. Waited for this place to open. Now it's open. Come out here. Experience it. And uh, Curtis, I know, let's see, we have beers. Yeah, we're going to need to get another beer. Yeah. Shit. So what do we say after every episode? We raise our glasses and we say, cheers, cheers. you little crap beer nerds. Woo-hoo.